So hi, I'm Michael. I'm a small business owner, entrepreneur, investor, work in process, and occasionally funny improv artist. I'm a speaker, and I'm always very, very neurotic. I'm also a TV host and your host for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free mentorship help. They have mentors around the world in every language, everything from mental health to resume writing. It is confidential and it is completely free. So please, dweebsglobal.org. So I'm here today with Ashley Keen. So Ashley's strength and courage is beyond anything that I could imagine. Uh, she went from the brink of death and it changed her life forever. And just chatting with her for the next, for the last 10 minutes, I can tell she's one of the happiest people I've met. So <laughs> already, I'm already amazed. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast and to share my my hope and my story is, is phenomenal to be able to do that because I'm not going to do a spoiler alert, but I will tell you more about it, about my car accident. Yeah. What, what, how old were you, first of all, when it happened? I was 17 years old. And you were in a car accident. So what, what happened? What led to this? I don't really know. I was driving home from work. And I was following a friend home from work and I worked like 30 minutes away from my house and it's no days previously. So there may have been black ice on the road. We'll never know. But um, I was driving and I pulled out of the gas station and something happened. Like I, that's where I don't, don't know what happened. I slid out or something. And I slammed, slammed into a tree. Wow. So it was just so unexpected out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and was your, was your friend on the scene? Was your friend, did your friend see it happen? Yeah. He saw my headlights veer off the road and uh, so I slammed into the tree and he pulled over right away, called 911. And they, the firefighters arrived at the scene of the accident first and they had to use the jaws of life to get me out of the car alive. You want to hear this, Michael? Yeah. I was with my seatbelt on in the passenger back seat of the car. They found me with my seatbelt on. How is that possible? <laughs> Died. I don't even know. <laughs> but, so, you got, so you got pushed back to the back seat, essentially. The whole yeah, car got yeah. shoved back. Yeah. You gained a lot of speed real quick there. <laughs> I, I mean... We, I didn't pull out of the, out of the, the gas. I explained it wrong. I, because I don't remember. I didn't pull out of the gas station and spin out right away. Right away. I was driving like on a road, like straight. I pulled out of the gas or the gas station, and was driving. And the tree was like a block away from the gas station. So. Wow! Wow! So, what was the what was the first thing that you remember after the accident? Um, nothing really. All I remember is waking up and not knowing where I was, um, who was or why I was in the hospital, where I was, um, what I don't, I didn't even remember driving ever having my license. I didn't even know how old I was. I didn't know anything. Oh, wow. So how, how, how long after the accident did you wake up? I, I was in a coma for three weeks in ICU for one month and then in in the hospital overall 
in rehab, in the rehab part of the hospital for five months. So in total, I was in the hospital. Actually, I got transferred. And I was at um, Blythdale Children Hospital in Valhalla, New York. And mm -hmm. I... I was there for five months. So in total, I was in the hospital for this whole ordeal for six months. Wow. And what was your, what was your earliest memory before the coma? Um, or your latest, do you have, do you have memories from before? Yeah, I, I, I do have from like way, like when I was younger, like when I met Justin Bieber, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> The important things in life. Doesn't be reported. But I remember like memories and stuff of like when I was younger and stuff. Like I, I when I, I when I was younger, I was bad. I was not not like bad, but not like well, it could be criminal. But I, um. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I, borrow, I borrowed my mom's car a couple of times. Let's just say that. Okay. Well, you were an experienced driver then. So it's probably black ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like that, Michael. <laughs> so what do you think? So your memories were like below the age of like 13, huh? 13. Yeah. Yeah. I was, how did you know I was 13 when I met Justin Bieber? Isn't that when we all love Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so did you, did you recognize your family and friends when they were in the yes, hospital? Yes, that, that part of my memory didn't get affected at all. Like my, my family, like, cause those, like those didn't change since I was younger, since I was born, uh, essentially. Um, so I remembered them uh, like anywhere before like 13, about 14 actually. Okay. It gets a little, I remember bits and pieces of like stuff, not like full fledged. Right. Do you, so when you were in the coma, do you remember anything from when you were in your coma? Yes, I do. Um, when I was in the coma, um, uh, all my, anybody I knew that passed away and like was what I believe in heaven, um, they came to me and told me, this is going to be a hard fight, Ashley, but you're going to have to fight with everything you got to make the most of what you got. And that is literally what inspired me to fight as hard as I did. Plus, I always had it in me, but the 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 my dead ancestors and stuff coming to me, like it was like God coming to me and telling me, like, Ashley, you're going to have to fight with everything you have. And... I did, and I I recovered. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, have has your friend, friends, or family mentioned maybe your personality is different or? Oh yes. <laughs> um, I always was like happy go lucky, but like I I developed a no filter. Actually, it is it, it has gotten much better, but. And then uh, there's like sometimes they'll be like hashtag no filter and <laughs> like after I say something they're like no filter actually no filter and I'm just like um well, sometimes I, sometimes I don't know if there's enough honesty in this world so 
I know. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. <laughs> so I guess your family was really there for you in the hospital. And yes. Yeah, they're they're like they were there for me, and they continue to be there for me. And they're still there for me. They're still my family. Family never goes away. But when I really needed them, they were there. Do you still have your parents take, helping taking care of you or other other members of the family? Um, I mean, yes, but I'm pretty independent. But so like I live with my fancy fiance and our puppy dog and okay. we have our own house. <laughs> and yeah, so I've like grown. I did a bunch of milestones since I was younger when the car accident happened. How long ago did the car accident happen? I guess I didn't even really ask that. <laughs> so I'm 24, about to be 25 now. So it's so about seven, eight years ago. Yes, it's, it's yeah, I, I'm not going mad. I lost count after like five. I was just like, I'm alive from here. So I'm just not going to dwell on it. But I continue to strive to spread the hope. I'm a, I'm a, uh, certified peer specialist, peer support specialist in, what in is that? Pennsylvania. What is it's that? like um, the people that suffer with like anxiety or depression or any mental health issue, like I, I support them into any endeavor that they want to do or overcome. Like that's like, it's kind of sort of like, it's like a perfect job for me because I went through it. I battled with all the emotions, everything, and I, I wish I had a peer support specialist to show me the the way and show me that it'll be okay and to stop dwelling and thinking like all the negative thoughts. So that's mainly what I do. Right. Was there any point at which you wanted to give up? Now, this is, yeah. Yeah, I, of course there was. There was times when I was like, depressed but like I was depressed internally like I never like showed it so a lot like and that's what I tell people not to do because I know that it's not good for you now like it's not good for your mental health it's not good for you there was like a point in time where like I just wanted to like give up but then I remembered that my ancestors in my coma like told me that I'm gonna have to fight with everything I have and that's what I did and so I used them as inspiration and then I had family around me that's wild what was the hardest what was the hardest part of the recovery the hardest part would have to be um not being able to do what I remember doing like I remembered working I remember doing all these things like hanging out with my friends running track doing all those things like I cannot run and like I, I was not ever an avid run like an avid runner but like it was something that I enjoyed to do I can't run I can't water ski I I used to be able to water ski and then drop down to one ski which is called solemn skiing and and it it, it's very tough tough I haven't I haven't 
try to do it, but I know that I will try to do it again because that's just the kind of person I am. Like, you say I can't do something, I'm going to work 10 times harder to prove that I can. <laughs> that's awesome. Everyone everyone should have that attitude, uh, whether or not they got in an accident or not. And I think most of us, most of us give up so easily on things. Yeah. Uh, I, there's something I forgot to say, too. When I was in the hospital, like a lot of my nurses and stuff were repairing my parents for the worst, which I know now, like they had to prepare my parents for the worst because they didn't know, right? And like, I, I was still in the coma, right? And I would hear them, right? And I, they thought that I couldn't understand what they were saying. And like, I don't know, I woke up, like obviously one day, like three weeks later, and like I just had this attitude of like I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. And really? Like, yeah. What types of things did you hear them saying? Like I I would never like they didn't say it around me, like the doctor and nurses didn't say it around me, but like like it's weird when you're in a coma. Um you can sense the atmosphere even though you're not not all there. And I just sense like negative vibes kind of and through, I'm mostly it was all positive vibes but it was just like right you could you could feel you could feel the the, the nurses yeah like putting a reality check into your parents because you you know you also yeah. don't want people to over hope either so yeah. it's always it's always better to um to under underestimate where something's going to go yeah. and you're pleasantly yeah surprised. and and at the time, I didn't understand that. But thinking about it now, and like recently, not recently, like a couple of years ago, when I was at the hospital, I realized, like, oh man, they were doing that to to prepare my parents because they didn't know like what how hard I would fight or whatnot. But yeah, right. So when you came out of the coma, did you have absolutely no speech and no? Ability? Yeah, I I needed to learn how to talk again, walk again. Do everything all over again, essentially. Eat again. I'm still, I'm still working on eating. Sometimes when I drink, like it goes down. I had a trick on me. I don't know if you can see. Okay, yeah. So it was a little feeding tube. Right, right, right. Um, does it, is that a painful process to learn to use your muscles and walk? And it, it, Yes, it is more of it is mentally because you are hurting inside because you know you remember like how like you used to be able to do all these things and now you can't so like you and then it was like mentally tough on me it wasn't really tough on my body actually yeah it was I just I just saw the fib um <laughs> um no fibbing on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, when, like, in the beginning, when I first started walking, because I fractured my left, left pelvis, broke my clavicle, and so I, I needed to learn how to put weight on my left. I still, like, have difficulties with my left side, and, like, when I got tired and all the therapies I was doing, my leg would start twitching or my arm would start twitching, but I would push through it. Right. And you can walk, you can walk now, correct? 
Yes, I can. Would you like a presentation? Uh, it's, uh, that's totally up to you. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I believe you. How long? So, did it take, how long did it take you to? Uh... Um, hold on. It took me um, like to walk like perfectly. Like I'm. It took me like five years, but. Are you still on a walker now? No. I'm. I. I went from a walker to a quad cane which is a cane with four prongs mm -hmm. to a crutch to nothing now like at times when I get like tired of my like if I've been walking a lot like and I'm like tired I will use it but I very rarely use it because to me that I don't know I don't want to say anything but that was just about to be a no filter Ashley oh, moment. No. <laughs> I caught myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. You're you're hard on yourself. You're definitely yes. hard on yourself. Uh, definitely. And that's one thing I can say is that you are your word, your own worst, your own worst enemy. But in like my terms, it's like a good way because I needed that worst enemy to push me harder and I didn't want to let myself down, so I knew that I needed to keep fighting. And then I didn't want to let a lot of people down that were all hoping and wishing and praying and watching over me. Got you. How hard, how hard was it to communicate when you couldn't talk at first? See, that is where it gets a little um, iffy. Oh, like, my memory collapses a little bit, but... um. Yeah. Since I was told so many times repeatedly about about it, like in the beginning, I stressed used hand motion, and then it would be like one word speech. So yeah, it was just like I would, I would raise my finger or like shake my foot or something like that, and to tell them yes or no. And because in the beginning, I couldn't speak at all because I had the trach in my throat. So right. but then when I got it removed or even when I had it still in, it was only like one word speech and it would be like, yeah, no, or something like that. But it wouldn't it wouldn't be clear like that. So. Right. So your memory after the accident took a while to fully develop. Yes. Develop. So did you did you ask how many times did they say you asked what happened to you? Um, that, that no, I, that I didn't forget. I don't think. Yeah. Um, um, but like some stuff, like even like not recently, but like like in recent past history, like within like a, within the last like five years or whatnot is um. I would be like, I would ask a question, right? And then, like, I wouldn't remember. And then I would ask it again. And my mom would be like, Ashley, you just asked me this. It is this. And I'm like, but she didn't yell at me. I, I just said a completely wrong <laughs> No, no, I understand. It's frustrating. I frustrate. Yeah. I, I, we all get frustrated with each other doing it. So that's not just you. And I'm sure it's got an exaggeration factor to it with you yeah. because, because of your accident. Oh, so. Yes, that's definitely. That's got to be hard on you and your family sometimes. So that um, I know for me, like a like a lot of people's expectations for me were so low, and that hurt me because I knew myself that I would be able to conquer anything that you set your mind to, and 
and excuse me, that's what I am. That's what I kind of wish. I kind of want to tell people is that anything you set your mind to, you can achieve. Once you, once you see it and you believe it, you can achieve it. Okay. What's your, what's your secret sauce to staying so happy? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I knew. I want some of it. <laughs> um, I have like mantras that like I used to say in my head and I still say because they're tattooed on my body. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger is on my rib cage. And then on my back is with every heartbeat. So with a little pulsating sign. So yeah. Okay. Those are kind of, I kind of answered your question, but I kind of did it because I kind of don't really know. <laughs> like why? Why I'm so happy? I would. I'm just. I even like an infant. I was a happy child. So, well, for people who aren't watching this and just listening, you have an infectious smile. So it's. it's Thank you. <laughs> you have happiness just sprouting off of you. Is there anything else that you wanna you wanna leave the listeners or any other um, bits of advice um, or things that might help somebody? Um, a piece of advice is, um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. Like if you believe that you can do it, you can do it. If, as long as you set your mind to it, you can achieve it. Because if I would have listened to everybody who doubted me, I'd be like, no, like I would be so far back and like, not even know have the stuff I know now. So okay. I'm like, you don't don't doubt yourself because you you are strong, you're courageous, and you are fierce. And I I don't personally know you right now, but um, you got this. <laughs> uh, I I love that. I right, thank you, Ashley, for being on the show today. You were a delight and an inspiration to everyone. And this has been a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free mentorship help. That's dweebsglobal.org. It is completely confidential and it's completely free. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>